abandoning his bicycle, which fell before a servant could catch it. The young man sprang up onto the veranda. He was all animation. Hamidullah, Hamidullah, am I late? He cried. Do not apologize, said his host. You are always late. Kindly answer my question. Am I late? Has Mahmood Ali eaten all the food? If so, I go elsewhere. Mr. Mahmood Ali, how are you? Thank you, Dr. Aziz. I am dying. Dying before your dinner? Oh, poor Mahmood Ali. Hamidullah, here is actually dead. He passed away just as you rode up on your bike. Yes, that is so, said the other. Imagine us both as addressing you from another and a happier world. Does there happen to be such a thing as a hookah in that happier world of yours? Aziz, don't chatter. We are having a very sad talk. The hookah had been packed too tight as was usual in his friend's house and bubbled sulkily. He coaxed it, yelling at last. The tobacco jetted up into his lungs and nostrils, driving out the smoke of burning cow dung that had filled them as he rode through the bazaar. It was delicious. He lay in a trance, sensuous but healthy, through which the talk of the two others did not seem particularly sad. They were discussing as to whether or no it is possible to be friends with an Englishman. Mahmood Ali argued that it was not. Hamidullah disagreed, but with so many reservations that there was no friction between them. Delicious indeed to lie on the broad veranda with the moon rising in front and the servants preparing dinner behind and no trouble happening. Well, look at my own experience this morning. I only contend that it is possible in England, replied Hamidullah, who had been to the, that country long ago, before the big rush, and had received a cordial welcome at Cambridge. It is impossible here. Aziz, the red-nosed boy has again insulted me in court. I do not blame him. He was told that he ought to insult me. Until lately, he was quite a nice boy, but the others have got hold of him. Yes, they have no chance here. That is my point. They came out intending to be gentlemen and are told it will not do. Look at Leslie. Look at Blackiston. Now it is your red-nosed boy. And Fielding will go next. Why? I remember when Turton came out first. It was in another part of the province. You fellows will not believe me, but I have driven with Turton in his carriage. Turton. Oh yes, we were once quite intimate. He has shown me his stamp collection. He would expect you to steal it now. Turton. But red-nosed boy will be far worse than Turton. I do not think so. They all become exactly the same. Not worse, not better. I give any Englishman two years, be he Turton or Burton. It is only the difference of a letter. And I give any Englishwoman six months. All are exactly alike. Do you not agree with me? I do not, replied Mahmood Ali, entering into the bitter fun and feeling both pain and amusement at each word that was uttered.
for my own part i find such profound differences among our rulers red nosed mumbles turton takes talks distinctly mrs turton takes bribes mrs red nose does not and cannot because so far there is no mrs red nose bribes did you not know that when they were lent to central india over a canal scheme some raja or other gave her a swing machine in solid gold so that the water should run through his state and does it no that is where mrs turton is so skillful when we poor blacks takes bribes we perform what we are bribed to perform and the lord discovers us in consequence the english take and do nothing i admire them we all admire them aziz please pass me the hookah oh not yet hookah is so jolly now you are a very selfish boy he raised his voice suddenly and shouted for dinner servants shouted back that it was ready they meant they that they wished it was ready and were so understood for nobody moved then hamidullah continued but with changed manner and evident emotion but take my case the case of young hugh banister here is the son of my dear my dear dead friends the reverend and mrs banister whose goodness to me in england i shall never forget to or describe they were father and mother to me i talked to them as i do now in the vacation their rectory became my home they entrusted all their children to me i often carried little hugh about i took him up to the funeral of queen victoria and held him in my arms above the crowd queen victoria was different murmured mahmud ali i learned now that this boy is in business as a leather merchant at kaunpur imagine how i long to see him and to pay his fare that this house may be his home but it is useless the other anglo indians will have got hold of him long ago he will probably think that i want something and i cannot face that from the son of my old friends oh what in this country has gone wrong with everything wakil sahib i ask you aziz joined in why talk about the english but why be either friends with the fellows or not friends let's let us shut them out and be jolly queen victoria and mrs banister were the only exceptions and they are dead no no i do not admit that i have met others so have i said mahmud ali unexpectedly wearing all ladies are far from alike their mood was changed and this recalled little kindness and courtesies she said thank you so much in the most natural way she offered me a lozenge when the dust irritated my throat hamidullah could remember more important examples of angelic ministration but the other who only knew anglo india had to ransack his memory for scraps and it was not surprising that he should return to but of course all this is exceptional the exception does not prove the rule 
the average woman is like Mrs. Turton and Aziz. You know what she is? Aziz did not know, but said he did. He too generalized from his disappointments. It is difficult for members of a subject race to do otherwise. Granted the exceptions, he agreed that all English women are haughty and venal. The gleam passed from the conversation, whose wintry surface unrolled and expanded interminably. A servant announced dinner. They ignored him. The elder men had reached their eternal politics. Aziz drifted into the garden. The trees smelt sweet. Green blossomed champak and scraps of Persian poetry came into his head. Dinner, dinner, dinner. But when he returned to the house for it, Mahmud Ali had drifted away in his turn to speak to his siyas. Come and see my wife a little then, said Hamidullah, and they spent twenty minutes behind the purdah. Hamidullah Begum was a distant aunt of Aziz and the only female relative he had in Chandrapur, and she had much to say to him on the occasion about a family circumcision that had been celebrated with imperfect pomp. It was difficult to get away, because until they had had their dinner, she would not begin hers, and consequently prolonged her remarks in case they should suppose she was impatient. Having censured the circumcision, she bethought her of kindred topics and asked Aziz when he was going to be married.